fishing. It's something that I've not spent a lot of time doing, but something I've always enjoyed. Personally, I'm more of a live and let live kind of guy, and I always feel bad with catch and release, but maybe I'm just a baby. But personally, I just love being out in nature, exploring the wilderness, and just enjoying everything Mother Earth has to offer. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. Per usual, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Sometimes when I'm trying to take my packages to the post office to send out to you guys, the lovely swamp-dwelling folk who buy the shirts and hoodies we have on sale, I get suddenly attacked by a swarm of terrible, very angry, and very irritable grandmas. Now I know what you're thinking, Swamp Dweller, don't you love grandmas and don't grandmas love you? How could this ever go wrong? I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I tried to walk around, I even tried to offer to walk them across the street like the good boy scout I am, but the hustle and tussle that they had ended up throwing my boxes and packages all into the water and they were ruined. But that would never happen if I had ShipStation at the time. But ever since I partnered with ShipStation, all of those headaches have gone away and it has been an honest breeze to be able to get my shipping done. There are no more hordes of grandmas beating me up and pushing me into the water with my packages. There are no more Bigfoots trying to steal things off the back of the truck. ShipStation is quick to set up, easy to learn, and even has a free trial. You can get up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates, and if that's not enough, use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months, that's 60 days. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses, including mine, with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Just use promo code SWAMPED today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code SWAMPED. And stay away from those crazy grannies. Ghostly Chase on the Pier by Guilty Moose 70 the sun was beginning to set as I arrived at the old wooden pier. The sound of the waves lapping against the shore was soothing, and I couldn't wait to cast my line and feel the thrill of reeling in a big catch. The pier that had always been my favorite place to fish with its secluded location and peaceful ambiance. As I set up my gear, I noticed a strange mist from the sea. It was a dense, thick, opaque fog that crept over the pier like a ghostly hand. I shrugged it off at first, thinking it was just the evening chill setting in. But something felt off as I settled into my spot and cast my line. I couldn't shake that feeling that I was just being watched. The mist seemed to swirl and shift whenever I glanced around, like a sinister presence lurking beyond my sight. I tried to ignore it the best I could, focusing on my fishing. But the feeling grew more assertive, and then as I reeled in my line, I caught a glimpse of something in the mist. It was faint, a shadowy figure if you will, like a ghostly form hovering just beyond the fog. I froze, unsure really what to do. Was it my imagination, or was there actually something there? As I watched, the figure grew closer, and its features became more distinct. It was a woman with long dark hair. She was pale, 
almost translucent in complexion. She floated just above the water, her eyes fixed on me with an eerie intensity. I tried to rationalize it, thinking it was a trick of the light or some sort of reflection in the water. But as the figure grew closer, I could feel the cold, damp air around me, and the hairs on the back of my neck began to stand up. I tried to back away, but before the figure seemed to follow me, its eyes never left mine. She contacted me, trying to communicate something I could not understand. As the mist grew thicker, the figure grew closer, its expression twisting into something dark and menacing. I could feel a sense of dread washing over me, a feeling of impending doom, and then, just as suddenly as it appeared, the figure vanished into thin air. I was left standing there, my heart racing and my mind reeling. Had it been real? Was this just some sort of hallucination brought on by the fog? I hadn't drank, I, I don't smoke, and I definitely got a good night's sleep. As I packed up my gear and headed home, I could not shake the feeling that something was just watching me. Something sinister and otherworldly lurking just beyond the veil of reality. And I knew from that day forward, I would never be able to fish on that pier again without the fear of that ghostly figure haunting me forever. Catching more than we bargained for by Anonymous I never thought I'd be the kind of person to break the law, but the thought of catching a monster-sized fish was too tempting to resist. So when my friend told me about a private lake where he had heard rumors of fish that weighed more than 100 pounds, I just couldn't resist. We decided to sneak in at night, thinking we wouldn't get caught. It wasn't long before we found ourselves at the edge of the lake, our rods in hand and our hearts pounding excitedly. The lake was completely still. The only sounds were the occasional chirping of crickets and the soft lapping of the water against the shore. As we cast our lines into the water, I couldn't help but feel like we were doing something wrong. But the thrill of the catch was way too much to ignore. After only a few minutes' time, I felt a tug on my line. I reeled it in as fast as possible, my heart pounding excitedly, thinking I got something good. But as the fish approached the surface, I realized something was not quite right here. The fish was gigantic, but it also was covered in strange, pulsating bumps. As I got a closer look at it, I saw that they were not just bumps, but rather they were growth. It was clear that this fish was sick and suffering. I couldn't bring myself to even touch it, let alone keep it. The sight of it was too much for me to bear. I cut my line and sat back down on the shore, racing about what could have caused such a grotesque mutation. But then I heard something that made my blood run absolutely cold. It was a loud growl coming from somewhere behind me. I turned slowly, my heart pounding in my ears. That's when I saw it. It was a creature unlike anything I'd ever seen in my lifetime. The body was covered in matted fur. Its eyes glinted in the moonlight. It looked like a wolf, but was much larger, and something about how it moved made me feel like it was not entirely natural. I realized right then and there that we were not alone in this place. We were trespassing in the territory of some kind of monster, and it was clear that it was not happy about it. My friend and I ran as fast as we could. We were never thinking about looking back, hearts pounding, literally felt like we were going to die at any second. We didn't stop until we were back in our car, and even then, we didn't feel safe. We hauled it out of there. That night, I realized that there are some things better left unseen. 
the memory of that mutated fish, and the creature we encountered in the woods will haunt me for the rest of my life. But it wasn't until a few days later that I discovered the true horror of what we had stumbled upon. I was scrolling through the news on my phone when I came across a story about a local laboratory that had been shut down due to illegal experiments on animals. The laboratory was allegedly just a few miles away from that private lake where we had gone fishing. The article described the experiments as gruesomely, including creating animal mutants through genetic manipulation. My stomach churned as I made the connection. The sick fish we had seen and the unnatural creature in the woods were all the result of a legal experiment that had taken place at that laboratory, and I was sure of it. I couldn't shake the feeling that we had narrowly escaped something far worse that night, and I couldn't help but wonder what other horrors were hidden in the woods around us, waiting to be discovered by unsuspecting visitors like ourselves. A Trip to Paradise by I Am Kyle. I had always dreamed of going on a fishing trip to the Florida Keys, so I jumped at the chance and my buddies invited me to join them on a weekend trip. We arrived at our rented house on the water's edge on a Friday's evening, and ready to spend the next two days catching some big fish, we were all very amped. The house was a charming old beachfront cottage with peeling blue paint and a wraparound porch that faced the water. It had three small bedrooms, a cozy living room, and a fully equipped kitchen. We were absolutely thrilled to find that we had a dock in the backyard with a small motorboat tied to it, which was perfect for our fishing trip. The first day went by smoothly. We woke up early and headed out to the ocean with our gear, and within just a few hours we caught some decent-sized fish. We decided to head back to the house to cook our catch and rest up for another day on the water. That night, things began to feel odd. Sitting around the campfire, we heard strange noises from the nearby woods. Something was moving around there, but we couldn't see anything with the darkness. We shrugged it off as just some local wildlife or fauna and went to bed. We woke up early the following day and returned to the water. This time, however, things felt different. It was hard to put my finger on it. The water was choppier, the sky was overcast, and the eerie silence hung over everything. It was like the world was holding its breath. As we started to fish, I noticed the water was murky and dark, almost like it was hiding something that it didn't want to show. But we kept at it, hoping to catch something big. That's when everything started to go terribly wrong. My friend Jack suddenly yanked on his fishing line and we all rushed over to see what he had caught. But when we looked closer, we noticed it wasn't a fish at all. It, it was a human hand. Now, of course, we were all horrified. We had no idea what the heck to do. We quickly pulled into the line, hoping that it was just a fluke, but as we continued to fish, we kept pulling up more and more human remains. Bones, limbs, even a skull. We knew we had to get out of there and bring this to the police ASAP, but as we tried to start the engine and get away, of course, in a cliche manner, it wouldn't freaking start. We were trapped on the boat with this gruesome discovery and there was no way out. That's when we saw a figure moving through the water towards us. It was a man, but he was covered in seaweed and algae, and his eyes were cold and dead. He started to climb up onto the boat and we all stumbled back in terror. We fought back as best as we could, honestly we did. We used any fishing rods, anything we could to poke and prod this man to get him off, but he was relentless. His movements were jerky and unnatural. 
He started to lunge at us, trying to bite us with his sharp, broken teeth. And then we realized this was no man at all. He was some sort of creature from the deep. We tried to reason with it, to plead with it to let us go, but it was too late. The creature was upon us, trying to tear at our flesh with whatever claws and teeth it had. It was like a nightmare come to life. A creature straight out of a movie. Like the creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't know how we all survived that day. I don't know how we made it back to shore. But luckily, one of us finally got the boat moving. We were able to use the momentum of the boat jerking and everything we had to push to knock it out into the water. We started hauling ass and did everything we could to save our lives. We did some digging after we got to shore and tied up the boat. We locked all the doors, of course, all the windows, made sure nothing could get in after we, you know, experienced whatever the heck we experienced. And we did see that there had been a series of disappearances in the area and that a creature had been encountered by many, many people. But the memory never fades from me. I'll never forget that thing. A lot of people think that this monster is some sort of local urban legend, but I know it's real. I don't know if people will believe me and I don't really care. I know what I experienced. State Park Fishing Nightmare by Tony M. It was a pretty hot summer day, and I decided to take a break from the city and spend some time fishing at the local state park. I packed my gear and drove to the park, eager to relax and enjoy the peaceful surroundings. As I arrived, I noticed there was a small group of people standing near the water. They looked like they were in their mid-twenties, and they all wore black robes with hoods that covered their faces. I thought it was kind of weird, but, you know, people LARP and do all kinds of stuff like that around here, so I tried not to pay too much notice. They didn't seem to notice me as I walked by, but I couldn't shake that feeling that something was off about them. I found a quiet spot by the water and cast my line. The fishing was good and I caught several fish within the first hour. But every time I looked up, I noticed that that group of people in the black robes had moved closer. They seemed to be watching me and it made me uncomfortable. As the day went on, the group of people grew larger and more of them arrived in the park. They all wore black robes and hoods and they all seemed to be focused on me. I felt like I was being stalked, like I was some sort of local celebrity. As the sun began to set, the group of people moved closer once more. They formed a circle around me and I felt trapped. They were so close that I could see their faces now, and they looked strange and almost otherworldly. Their eyes were dark and hollow. They had strange markings on their skin. One of the people stepped forward and spoke to me in a low, hissing voice. We've been waiting for you they said. You're in the sacrifice. I tried to run, but they were too quick. They tripped me up and grabbed me and dragged me into the woods, their voices echoing in my head. I was terrified and confused. What the hell was happening to me? As we entered the woods, I saw that they had built some sort of makeshift altar out of stones and twigs. They pushed me onto it and I felt a sharp pain in my chest as they began to chant. I almost couldn't move. I almost began to feel paralyzed. I don't know if it was with fear or something else. Suddenly, the chanting abruptly stopped and the group of people looked up. I heard a deep growling coming from the woods, and then I saw a pair of glowing eyes in the darkness. The group of people panicked and ran, leaving me alone on the altar. I looked up and I saw a massive creature standing over me. It had razor-sharp claws and teeth, and it was covered in what I can only describe as disturbing-looking fur. I realized that the group of people had summoned it, and they had intended to sacrifice me to it. The creature looked down at me, 
and I felt its hot breath on my face. I closed my eyes and waited for the end, but instead I heard a deep, rumbling growl. When I opened my eyes again, the creature was gone and I was alone in the woods. I stumbled back to my car, shaken up and absolutely terrified. As I drove away from the state park, I realized the group of people had been worshipping something beyond human understanding, and that creature was likely whatever god they had been praying to. I don't know why it didn't kill me. I have no idea why their sacrifice didn't go as intended. My only guess is, is that it went after them or something else. If anybody has any idea what I, what I survived, what I got out of, please let me know. The Ohio Wild Man Attacked Me by Billy Goes Fishing, Ohio I had been looking forward to this fishing trip on a remote river in Ohio for quite some time. I had looked forward to packing up my gear, including my kayak and my GoPros, to make some cool YouTube videos. When the day came, I set out early in the morning to beat the heat. As I paddled down the river, the only sounds were the gentle lapping of the water against the kayak and the chirping of birds in the trees. It was peaceful and serene, and I felt completely alone in the world. The only noises were the occasional narration I'd add in my video. But as I rounded a bend in the river, I saw something that shattered that feeling of solitude. It was a man, but more like a wild man, standing on the bank, staring at me with this absolutely crazy look in his eyes. He was covered in dirt and leaves, and his hair was matted and unkempt. He looked like he had been living in the woods for years, and I wondered how he had survived without any human contact for so long. I tried my best to paddle away, but he lunged at me with surprising speed, and before I knew it, he had flipped my kayak. I tumbled into the water, gasping for air and struggling to stay afloat. The wild man swam towards me, and I could see the hunger in his eyes. This wasn't an unprovoked attack. I was food. I tried to swim away, and I lost my GoPro in the process but he was too fast for me to start worrying about that now. He grabbed me by the ankle, and I felt his sharp nails digging into my skin. I began screaming for help, but there was no one around to help me. Nobody was going to hear me. I fought back with everything I had, but he was so strong. I could feel my strength fading as he dragged me towards the shore. As we reached the bank, I saw that he had built a makeshift shelter out of branches and leaves. He pushed me inside, and I could feel the rough ground against my back. I knew that I was trapped. For hours he taunted me with this wild, incoherent rambling, pacing back and forth in front of the shelter. I could hear the sound of twigs snapping as he moved around, and the sound of his labored breathing as he tried to catch his breath. As night fell, I could see the light of a fire outside the shelter. I could hear the sound of something cooking, and the smell of roasted meat filled my nostrils. I realized with horror that the wild man was preparing to eat me. I knew that I had to escape no matter what it took. I waited until he was distracted by the fire. Then uh, I made my move. I burst out of the shelter and ran towards my kayak, hoping to get away with all of my strength. But again, this wild man was way too fast. He caught up to me and tackled me to the ground instantly. I could feel his hot breath on my face as he prepared to strike. But before he could, I heard the sound of a gunshot. The wild man slumped to the ground dead. I looked to see a park ranger standing over him, gun in hand. He had been tracking the wild man for quite some time apparently and had finally caught up with him. Obviously, he didn't want to kill the man, he really wanted to help him and rehabilitate him, but he saw me in absolute agony, laying there, battered and bruised, needing help, and acted accordingly in my opinion. I realized that I had narrowly escaped death that night. 
the wild man had almost made me his next meal. This was a reminder of the danger that can lurk in the most unexpected places, even on a peaceful fishing trip down a remote river in Ohio. The Dangers of Remote Fishing by Anonymous I had always been fascinated by the great outdoors and the beauty of nature, so when I heard about Yosemite National Park growing up, I knew I had to go. I packed my gear, and I set out on a hiking and fishing trip, excited to explore the park's crystal-clear streams, towering trees, and breathtaking scenery. I had been hiking for quite a few hours, taking in sights and sounds of the forest when I realized that I had lost my way at some point. The trail that had been guiding me seemed to just disappear, and I couldn't find any markers to guide myself back. I tried retracing my steps, but the forest was just too dense, and I couldn't tell which way was which. Panic began to set in, and I began to realize that I was lost. As I walked, I noticed that the trees seemed to be getting closer together, and the forest was becoming darker altogether. The sound of the babbling brook that had been guiding me was fading away slowly, and I was left with an eerie silence that only amplified my fear. After some time, I stumbled upon a clearing, and in the middle of it was an old cabin. It looked abandoned, and I hesitated before going in. The door creaked as I pushed it open, and the smell of mildew hit me. The inside was dusty, and the furniture was covered with cobwebs. It was clear that no one had been here in quite some time. I decided to make camp inside the cabin for the night, hoping to find my way out of the forest in the morning. I was lucky to find a place that was dry. I got a fire going in the fireplace and began to make myself comfortable for the night. And as the warmth of the flames washed over me, I felt a sense of relief. But as the night went on, my sense of safety would begin to fade. The silence was unnerving and I kept hearing strange noises coming from outside the cabin. It sounded like something was walking around the perimeter and I could hear the occasional stamp of a twig or rustling of leaves. I tried to convince myself that it was just some sort of animal, but the fear was too immense. As the night wore on, the noises became more frequent and more prevalent. I realized that I wasn't alone here. I could hear something moving around outside the cabin and it was not my mind playing tricks on me. I felt the sense of dread wash over me. It sounded like something was trying to break in, scratching and clawing at the walls ever so slightly. I tried to ignore it the best I could, but the fear was far too great. I lay in my sleeping bag, heart racing, my eyes darting around the room looking for anything. Every time I thought the noises had stopped and would begin to close my eyes, they would immediately start back up again, even louder and more intense than before. It was like it was playing mind games with me It knew when I was about to fall asleep. Finally, the noises stopped altogether, and I was left with an even more creepy, eerie silence. I tried to convince myself that everything was okay, but the feeling of unease just lingered. It never really relented. I decided that I couldn't stay in the cabin any longer, and then I had to find my way out of this forest ASAP. As I stepped outside, I saw a figure in the distance standing amongst the trees. It was dark and tall, and it seemed to be staring at me. I immediately stopped, stared right back at it, and the figure vanished into the forest. I ran in the opposite direction, trying to find my way out of the park, but the forest seemed to be alive all around me, and it was as if it was trying to keep me trapped inside its depths. I had heard more strange noises, and I had saw more shadowy figures in the distance. It was like I was living in a nightmare. The night was long, and my body was tired. 
but I knew I had to keep moving. I stumbled upon a river and followed it. This was my last hope. I was really hoping it would lead me out of the forest, but the river was treacherous and the rocks were slippery. I fell several times, bruising my knees and scraping my hands. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, a lifetime if you will, I saw a faint light in the distance. My heart leapt with hope and I began to run towards it with all I had. As I got closer, I realized that it was a campsite. There were a few tents set up and I could see the glow of a campfire. I stumbled into the camp, gasping for breath, and the campers looked up in surprise. They were a group of three friends who had been hiking in the park for a few days now. They gave me a fair chance and listened to my story, and their faces were full of concern. They offered me a hot meal and a place to sleep for the night, and as I sat by the fire, I felt the tension in my body begin to ease just ever so slightly. I was grateful for their kindness and for the safety of their company. The next morning, I set out with their group, determined to find my way out of the forest. They were experienced hikers and knew the park well, and they helped me navigate the trails. We hiked for a couple of hours, and I could feel the relief wash over me as we got closer to the park entrance. As we emerged from the forest, I looked back at the towering trees, dense undergrowth, and everything that I had gone through, and the fear I had felt the night before seemed distant and unreal, like a dream that had faded with the morning light. I thanked the group for their help profusely and set out on a long journey back home. As I drove away from the park, I couldn't help but think that the strange occurrence of that night before, maybe it was just my imagination, or was there something more sinister lurking in the forest? The memory of that night stayed with me for a long time, and I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. Whenever I thought about it, I would get nightmares. But despite the fear and uncertainty, I knew that I would return to Yosemite National Park one day. The beauty and majesty of the park were too great to resist, the lure of the wilderness was way too strong, and plus I had to go pick up my camping gear eventually. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button like it owes you a bunch of money. Be sure to subscribe to the channel if you're new as it helps us grow. Turn on notifications so you never miss a new episode. I upload them almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and it's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you, as always, for getting to the end of the video. I really appreciate your support. If you would like to support even further, be sure to comment the code word down below, Green Goblin, to let me know you made it to the end and to confuse anybody who doesn't. I always love seeing your comments. They make me laugh with the funny code words that we end up putting out. Per usual, I'd love to know what story was your favorite tonight as well. I'd have to say that last one was, or maybe the wild man story. Those were some pretty intense stories, if I do say so myself. I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.